Respectfully. 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 A Melanated Therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Dimitri. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Hey, friend. How are you? Hey, friend. I'm doing good. You know, just... One day at a time, you know, stopping to smell the roses and, you know, making sure that I'm taking care of myself because, you know, I have a tendency to sweep past accomplishments and move on to the next goal. So I've been focusing a lot on um, self-actualization and just kind of appreciating the wins along the way. Oh, wow. Me too. I've really been trying to dive into like making sure that I am not going like, okay, I finished that. Okay, what's next? What do I want next? Right. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. really savoring these moments. And like you said, stopping to smell the roses. Like, I love yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> yay. We are in sync. <laughs> well, <laughs> happy Black History Month, fam. It is our final week of Black History Month, but it's okay, y'all. We about to be celebrating this all goddamn year long. I know that's right. <laughs> Forever and ever. Okay. Period. (laughs) All right. So today we are talking about codependency and some communication flags, you know, unhealthy relationships. By definition, codependency is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on the account of an illness or addiction. We're not really going to be talking about that today in regard to addiction or illness, but codependency can exist without those two things. Mm-hmm. So let's kick us off. What are some, um, let's start with the communication flags. Some of the communication red flags that you would identify. Do you have any? Um, yes, I do. I think for me, if there's ever a situation where someone tells me I should know what they're feeling, mm-hmm. I should know this, I should understand this without actually processing and talking it through, that's a communication red flag to me. But I also feel like it's, it is an easy fix because, you know, I have the awareness to say, okay, what's coming up for you or talk to me about why you feel this way. Um, but that's definitely um, a communication red flag. Um I think also um, lapses in communication, meaning that it's always surface. Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. fine. I'm doing okay. You know, I feel like that's a communication red flag. And I'm not saying that, you know, people are not well or living their lives the best of their abilities. But, you know, if we're partners, then I should know what's going on with you across the spectrum. Yeah. So that I can be encouraging or supportive or, you know, anything of that nature. So those are some for me. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Some of my communication red flags are like, if you don't want to understand where I'm coming from, we kind of talked about this in the last episode. If like, if I can tell that you actually don't give a shit about me and what I got going on or, you know, what I'm bringing to you as a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like nonchalant kind of attitude when I'm lit- when I'm communicating with you is right. a red flag for me. Um, another red flag uh, for communication for me is uh, disengaging in the conversation. So mm. as we're talking and you check out of the conversation, red flag. Um, yeah. 
Especially because, honey, like I don't do surface level conversations anyway. So right. um, if we're actually engaged in a conversation that is a conversation of substance, I need mm-hmm. you to be checked in just like I am. Hello. And, you know, if you're not going to be, then let me know. Um, right. I th- <laughs> last communication uh, red flag for me is, hmm, how do I want to word this? I think saying surface level. So if you are just talking to me about shit that doesn't matter, like when I say doesn't matter, I legit mean doesn't matter. Like I'm not saying like it's important to you, but not to me. I mean, if we're constantly talking about like, oh, everything's fine. Or the only thing we ask for each other is how is work? And if it's good, that's it. Like, no, Mm -hmm. let's take a deep dive. Let's make sure that we are continuously learning each other. That is like Absolutely. where I would rather be versus this like being passing ships of the night by really not communicating at all. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one more thing I want to add to that is that, you know, that controlling piece. Um, and when I say controlling as related to communication is blaming the other person for their experience. Like you do this, you do that. Basically demanding of sorts that someone change something about themselves. And I feel like it's very important to be mindful that when you're communicating something that's bothering you, that your intent is not to change that person, but necessarily to get that understanding so that you guys are on the same page. Mm-hmm. And something um, my ex is mother told me, and it's always stuck with me is that whenever there's something going on in a relationship and you feel like you need to communicate something that you want to be different, you know, ask yourself, okay, am I doing this for the better of me and my needs? Am I doing this for the better of my partner to make them better? Or am I mm-hmm. doing this to make the relationship better? And I feel like yeah. when you do that, you come across the, um, an opportunity to say, you know what? that might be myself. And it's actually not that serious. Like I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) in my last relationship, um, I'm a little, I don't like to throw around diagnoses because I'm not diagnosed, but I'm a little OCD ish. So I like things to be in a certain place properly put away. And my um, ex-partner was not. So something as simple as how he would fold the, the towels bothered me how he would put the toilet paper back, but leave the flap in the back part. So it was annoying me. But when I thought about, okay, like Demetri, this change or this issue for you, what is it really about? And then I realized that it was me and my stuff. And if I don't like it, then I could just flip it around. If I don't Mm -hmm. like it, just refold it. You know what I'm saying? Like picking your battles and, and not just coming down on your partner to quote unquote change when change may not be necessary or that change actually might be within then external. Then externally. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. agree with that. That's definitely me. And so because we were talking about like not diagnosing ourselves, um, let's stick with type A. Okay. Because that's me. Okay. That's me to the T. <laughs> and honestly, I just, I found myself getting so much better with that. So, because I do the same mm-hmm. things. I like, like things a certain way. I like routine. I like structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things that my partner does now that I'm like, okay. And I just let it go <laughs> and I do it myself. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, no, I said I was going to do it. And it's like, mm, it's fine. Cause I, I want to do it the way I want it to come out. Right. And <laughs> right. at a certain point he's okay with that because he understands me and he understands that this is a me thing and not a him thing. On exactly. the other side of that, there are some things that uh, 
I do check in with myself about like, okay, is this a me thing or better for our relationship? And mm-hmm. there are some t- things like um, that my partner may do that for one with my routine and structure type of personality that I won't like, but also it could better our relationship if I address it with him. And so mm-hmm. me addressing it with him, is it my way of telling him you need to do this, this, and this? I'm normally asking anyway. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. All right, Ooh. y'all. So let me ask you this, Dimitric. Um, how do you get through a breakup or what are some coping skills for breakups? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, ultimately, I feel like, you know, um, coping skills vary person to person. But some of the things that I've kind of done that have helped me through breakups um, is staying away from my ex-partner. And when I say staying away, Mm. basically stopping that communication, not opening up old wounds or, you know, why didn't this work? Or, you know, tell Mm -hmm. me this just, and not going on social media, looking for anything of that nature. And, you know, refresh your living space, especially if you guys live together, like rearrange your furniture, do a deep cleanse, um, take up some new activities, things that you were interested in, but never got a chance to do, you know, staying healthy, meditating, exercising, all of those things. And, you know, this may sound a little, um, I guess, bad, but make a, a list of your ex's bad qualities. You know, so that you can see, okay, well, this is the reason why I decided to walk away from this relationship. And if I decide or I want to go back, are these things going to show up in that relationship or not? Mm-hmm. I think that's what a about good one. You? I'm going to like piggyback off of you and then add some other coping skills. Because I think that, I don't think it's bad for you to write down, this is what I don't want. Okay. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it's important that we recognize those things because when we tend to go back to exes, we forget about all of those things. Instead, Mm -hmm. we remember all of those happy-go-lucky times and we minimize the things that led us to the breakup to begin with. Absolutely. And so making sure you're not doing that is important. On top of making that list of the negative qualities you didn't like, make a list of the things that you want in relationships moving forward, what you want for yourself, right? What are your standards? identify Mm -hmm. them. I don't see why we shouldn't. I think people will say that it may be shallow and things like that, but I don't even care. Identify all the things, honey. Characteristics. What what do you want your partner to look like? What do you want them to sound like? Whatever. Because the more specific you can get, right? Even down to, Mm -hmm. you know, what are their values, things like that. The more specific you can get, the better. Because it lets you know what that person may have been listening. Sorry, what were we going to say? No, absolutely. Um, I agree with that. And it reminds me of something that you told me <laughs> when I first um, made that transition to being single again. You told me, listen, in your dreams or when you think about getting married or the life that you want, do you see his face or is it right. blank? <laughs> and for some reason right. that stuck with me. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know who face that is. So, you know, I just mm-hmm. that just kind of made, made me reminisce on that. But I think it's very important to really note the things that you want in a relationship, Mm -hmm. the things that you want in a partner, and as well as those deal breakers, because ultimately, Mm -hmm. you know, you may come across some some deal breakers, but they check off all of these other things and asking yourself, okay, is this something that I can deal with long-term? Exactly. Is it really a deal breaker, right? Like, is it really a deal breaker or not? Some other coping skills, I would say, for, um, you know, having a breakup is checking in again with your support. 
Usually mm-hmm. when we are going through breakups, we isolate. And yes. that is a time where you need to rebuild connections with people that you may have fallen off from that are very important mm-hmm. to you. Also, they can offer you some space and room to actually feel those feelings. When you are going through a breakup, yes, you're going to experience the negative feelings. You're going to experience the sadness and all of those things, maybe even anger, frustration, irritability at times. And so I think people are kind of like, I just need to give myself time to like feel these feelings. Yes, do that. But section off your time. I was just talking to a client about fill up your time with things that you enjoy doing. Fill up your time mm-hmm. with, um, just like Demetrius was talking about, finding some new hobbies, rearranging your home, all of those things. But also mm-hmm. carve out some space for you to be and for you to feel rather than mm-hmm. completely distracting. Remember when we're talking about coping skills, y'all, it's not about distracting or avoiding what's going on. It's about processing it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about, Mm -hmm. right. And and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the episode too, but ultimately making sure that you are still taking care of yourself, whether Mm -hmm. that means giving yourself that space to cry about it, journal about it, yell about it, but also making sure you're still staying on top of the things that you need to. And Mm -hmm. through through some grace, of course, right? When we're in sadness, we kind of, you know, create some slack, so. Yeah, well said, Rade. And you know, be kind to yourself. Yeah, you know, exactly. we're so we're so used to making sure that you know we're kind to others, but we then forget or neglect ourselves that we should also be kind to ourselves. But mm-hmm. okay, so I have a question for you, Rade. So, how do you heal from infidelity while in a relationship and or after the relationship? Hmm. Okay, I get this in a lot actually from clients. So. Let's start with how to heal within a relationship. First of all, there there are some very significant steps that have to happen. You can do this with a therapist or without, but I encourage you to do this with a therapist, okay? (laughs) If you want to stay in the relationship after infidelity has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So usually first steps are acknowledging what happened. There, your partner or the person that committed the affair, so to speak, is they have to stop having the affair. That has to be the first step. Mm -hmm. Once they have stopped the affair, there has to be a space where you guys talk through whatever information the victim wants to know. Mm -hmm. We cannot have moments of infidelity happening happening again, nor can Mm -hmm. we have truths coming up later. So this is why we have the moment now. So as the person that uh, was, quote unquote, the victim of the affair, the other partner, um, it's going to be up to you to decide what information do you want to know? What do you want to know and understand why you want to know it? Also make sure that you don't want to be in a place where you are just gathering information just to use it in a spiteful way. Okay. so. On top of all of this, you have to decide what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So after you've gathered your information, after you have an understanding of maybe how long things had been going on and all of those things, what happened? It's time for you to start to kind of make a decision of, do I actually want to work on this or mm-hmm. am I not in a space to work on it right now? And that kind of clues you into where you are in this process. If the answer is not right now, not yet, then take a step back from this. 
Create mm-hmm. space for yourself to understand that you have to deal with the betrayal, the sadness, the infidelity, all of those things. And maybe after you kind of move through those things, you can come back to this. But mm-hmm. for now, let's say the decision is to move forward. Um, it doesn't mean that, um, and especially when it comes to marriage too, I want to point out here is that I think people uh, automatically go to, I have to end this marriage right now, or I have to stay. Uh, don't make that decision just yet. Just try to mm-hmm. focus on the decision of, let me try to work with my partner rather than the institution of the marriage, if that makes sense, or the relationship itself. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have to restore your trust. That takes time. This comes mm-hmm. with relearning your partner, relearning yourself, your partner relearning you, and then relearning themselves. And for mm-hmm. them to also understand what happened. Why did the infidelity even exist for them? Mm-hmm. And Offering some understanding and compassion to that. Very unpopular opinion, but I don't think people cheat for no reason. I don't think infidelity happens for no reason. Yes, they need to take accountable for their actions because they could have, mm-hmm. they had so many other options and that shit mm-hmm. probably should not have happened. But mm-hmm. on the other end is there has, there's usually something missing. And that's why I say usually, this is not all the time. There's usually something missing that they're not getting within their relationship. And so maybe after Mm -hmm. trust is restored, whatever they were not receiving initially, they can start to receive it down the line. Yeah. But once trust is restored, not before that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Come through marriage and family therapist. Um, But but I, I, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said. It's not really much to add, but I do want to say something to, you know, an offender or the person who cheated or had the affair is getting through this with your partner. If you both decide that you want to continue in the relationship or the marriage is patience. You're going to have to be patient with the partner who is quote unquote, the victim because they're Mm -hmm. having their own emotional storm and process to get through. And nine times out of 10, they've internalized your, that affair as something being wrong with them. So they have things to, to work through. And I'm not saying, you know, stay in a situation where you're being shamed or verbally abused or emotionally abused. However, be patient with your partner's process after after you, you know, after they find out that you've been, you know, unfaithful. And um, and also to the offender, go to therapy. Yes. <laughs> because ultimately there's something that drove you to that, to where right. even if you love the ground your partner walks on, that didn't pop into your head as you went into I, that exactly. infidelity. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Also, and you know what? I think patience on both ends. You know what I mean? Because it's even like patience for the victim to realize, listen, like the feelings that I have are not going to go go away overnight just because now they're being honest right. with me. Right. Exactly. And um, super, super, super important note for both parties is that you will not be in this reconciling stage forever. And so don't try to keep yourself there. After trust is restored, start to move forward with the relationship. Do not Mm -hmm. hold your partner there. So those are some things to think about. Especially, you know, and I love what you said for the offender, like definitely patience has to be there because I I often hear offenders are like, when are you going to get over this? Like, when are we going to stop talking about it? We're not until you stop saying that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Period. (laughs) Exactly. Alrighty, guys. So now it's time for our next portion of the episode, Therapist Hats Off. 
Dimitri, you have some questions? Yeah. So the first question from our listeners is, do you owe someone an explanation for not wanting to be with them anymore? That's a good question. Okay. Short answer is hell no, but uh, we'll dive deep, you know? (laughs) We'll dive deep. So... I agree I'll with Rod say, Day. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say I agree with Rod Day. Technically, no, but I feel like if you cared about that person and you love that person at some point, that that's kind. That's showing some empathy towards that person's experience because ultimately, in a lot of situations, if people don't have an understanding of you know why the other person left or didn't have that quote-unquote closure, they internalize that and they carry that with them like there's Mm -hmm. something wrong with them. So although you don't technically owe them an explanation, I feel that if you ever care for that person um, or um, love that person, that you would extend them an explanation. Of course, when it's ultimately not because they were unfaithful or they abused you or something like that, because ultimately the offenses are known. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ryan? I agree. I agree. I think that like I said, initially, yes, a hell no. Like you don't owe someone an explanation for not wanting to be with them anymore. And the reason I say it that way is because I think people start to try to come up with things or start to create arguments or different things like that to leave the relationship when you don't need that. You don't have to have a reason is what I'm getting at here. You cannot mm-hmm. want to be with someone because you don't want to be with someone right now. Or because you just want to focus on you or because you are just not vibing with that person anymore and you don't want to move forward with the relationship. Very cut and dry, simple. But Mm -hmm. so owing them the explanation, no. Offering them an explanation, great. I think that can be great for the other person to learn from the relationship Mm -hmm. and for you to also learn from the relationship. It also gives opportunity for you guys to kind of talk about some of those things because sometimes when we're trying to leave a relationship, I think we can jump the gun to this just has to be over. And Mm -hmm. it can be a conversation about, well, do we really want this to end? And Mm -hmm. if there's any way for us to get better, how? Absolutely. Um, And so- it doesn't have to be a conversation that traps you, but just know that if you're really ready to leave the relationship, then be ready to leave it. Because then if your partner's offering some different um, different ways to go about it, then mm-hmm. it'll be imp- important for you to kind of say, you know what, like, I appreciate you coming up with those things and still wanting to save our relationship. But for right now, this is still not for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good stuff. Okay, guys. So next question from a listener is, everyone always says, give yourself time after a breakup. Is there really anything wrong with moving on quickly? Mm, That's a good question. Um, My rebuttal question would be, what is your definition of quickly? But (laughs) the (laughs) the short answer for me, in my opinion, is... No, there's nothing wrong with it. If you have done the work to heal and process that relationship, have you grieved the loss of no longer being in that relationship? Have you, Mm -hmm. you know, became aware of what contributed to the breakdown? Have you taken accountability for your piece? Like, I really feel like, you know, ultimately we should heal before we move on. And ultimately how quickly you heal and get to that self-actualization is relative to the person, in my opinion. I agree. So I have a few stats 
you know, for you guys real quick because, and not even stats, right? We're not about to go through percentages, but I want to share a little bit about with heterosexual relationships with Black people. So usually when women leave relationships, they have already checked out of it and started the work before it's they've actually left. Which is why they end up moving on a lot more quickly. Sometimes women will not move on or will not engage in another relationship at all, but they will they will have grieved that last partner already. Mm-hmm. Black men tend to emotionally end the relationship based off of a scenario or situation, and then they do their grieving after. And so mm-hmm. usually they're not moved on quickly. But moving on and how I'm interpreting moving on is starting a new relationship that you're actually enjoying and being a part of, Mm -hmm. and you've been able to let go of the last relationship. I think rebounds are an absolute no-no. I think it stops us from our growth. Absolutely. um, It also stops, you know, our healing process. So just be mindful of that. Absolutely. Good stuff. That was some good advice, Rade. I don't think I have to add anything to that. (laughs) All right, fam. So now for our earth lesson of the week. Utilize relationships to learn more about yourself and others, to grow and to heal, especially when they end. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RespectfullyMT and send your questions and topic requests to RespectfullyMT at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace, y'all. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.